Okay, I just want to first of all start off with a quick prayer. Yeah, Lord Jesus, thanks for bringing us together. Thank you for the freedoms we have in this country to praise and worship you and proclaim your gospel. And we don't get locked up, we don't get persecuted for it. Um, Please help me to proclaim your word today, Lord, to proclaim what you're like, your qualities, and the things we need to do in response to that, Lord. I want to do something about one of God's names. In the Bible, there's lots of names for God. One of them is Jehovah Jireh, which is the Lord will provide. So I want to do about that today. Psalm 23 that Gordon was doing a couple of weeks ago. Verse 1, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. The thing I really want to communicate today is that God is a wonderful, loving, heavenly father. And everything I say today, I want you to try and bear that in mind, um, because obviously there are things we need to take on board and things we need to do and have a response to that. But the forefront thing in my mind and what I'm trying to communicate today is what God is like. And everything we do is in response to that. Okay, um, so as a loving Heavenly Father, it's like, Kevin, if you can imagine when your girls were like about this big, or Adam now with Lydia, how do you want your kids to be? You want them to grow up to be happy, to be healthy, to mature. You don't want them to stay as two-year-olds, you don't want to stay them as 15-year-olds or whatever age they are. You, you, you're a dad... And you love your kids so much, and you don't want them to stay the way they are, but you love them how they are at that point, and you have a great time with them, but you want to lead them on, you want them to grow up, you want them to mature, and become fully the person in Christ who they can be. Can you hear me okay? Excellent. Right, cool. Is it possible to lean that forward, or have it higher? Okay. Right. Oh, that's it. That's got it. Yep, perfect. Okay, so he wants to lead us into a deeper and deeper relationship with him. Um, As you get older and older, for example, girls, there's ways you can relate to your dad now you couldn't relate to him when you were three years old. Yeah? You're more grown up, there's been more track record, things like that. And God wants to get you ready for heaven. He wants you to have a great life here on earth. No, ups and downs of life. But also he wants to get you ready for heaven. Right. One, so one of the ways he um, relates to us is through the way he provides. That's why one of his names is I'm the God that provides. Um, and he provides the resources for your life. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about everything you need for life, whether it's the air you breathe, uh, a job, relationships, a house, food, everything you need. God ultimately provides that. Right, And these things flow from God's character. They flow from the innate qualities he has and from who God is. Um, but we need, then need to respond to it. Um, you probably heard me say about how I've become a Christian before. And it literally, I was 17, I didn't want to live anymore. I was on the bus on the way home from school. And all of a sudden, I could feel Jesus was there. He didn't say anything, he didn't do anything, he was just there, and I could feel him on the bus with me. It's like, it's a bit weird. Um, And it was only for a couple of minutes, but it was like in that time, I had such an experience of the character of God and what he's like, it had a real amazing profound effect on me. This was 33 years ago, a long time ago. And I just knew, even though he didn't say anything to me, and I didn't know much of the Bible except I knew there was a Jesus who died on the cross, that's about as much as I knew, 
I knew I had to respond to that. And I had to respond to that by committing every single day of the whole of the rest of my life to him and live for the whole of the rest of my life for him, for his glory, and in a godly way. It was just obvious. Because I had the experience of God, there was just obvious response I had to do. So I did that on the spot. I didn't know about counting the cost. I didn't know about what the rest of my life would be like. I was only 17, and and I was a very immature 17. I was probably more like 13, actually. Very mature for my age. It took me a long time to grow up. Um, But all of these things that I'd experienced through God, I then read the Bible. I know this already. Because I just experienced God. Um, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. There's a whole lot of verses in the Bible about... Oh, my computer's going to sleep. About how... And it's gone to a different page. How... (laughs) (laughs) Trusting God, commit your life to him, and he'll sort it out. It doesn't say it won't be messy. It doesn't say it'll be perfect, and and it won't always be beautiful. Sometimes it's very messy. Um, But if you want to grow roses... You've got to have horse manure. Yeah, you've got to have poo. Yeah, thanks, Natalie. Um, if you want to grow something good in the garden, you've got to have a whole load of mud. Right. So we need to learn from what he gives us because in different instances, in, through his provision, um, there's all sorts of char- char- the characteristics of God are revealed through the way he provides for us. Right. So God, first of all, is wise. Um, it's not about intelligence, it's about knowing what is always best for us. It's like your dad, with your son Jacob, Rob, you know what's best. And he's your son, he doesn't always know what's best. With Lydia, Adam and Lizzie know what's best for her, and she doesn't, bless her, even though she's lovely. <laughs> right, okay. He always knows what's best for you. Matthew 7, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give gifts to those who asked him? So, God wants us to be like him as well. So he wants us to be wise as well. So that we always know what the best thing to do is in each situation. Now my computer's going funny on me here, sorry about this. It always plays up when you most need it. Okay, right. So, another way is when your kids are really little, they just trust you. Lydia just puts her hand in Adam's hand, doesn't she? Does she always trust you? Sometimes, yes. Okay, theoretical, theoretical, okay. You know, you know what I'm getting over. Um, and he wants us to be like that as well, to have a simple childlike trust. And the older we get, the more difficult that is, because I'm not a kid anymore. Um, I've got to choose to willingly do that, to keep on putting my hand into God's hand in all the situations of life, because he deliberately puts me through situations I can't cope with. He deliberately puts me through impossible situations um, and difficult situations and situations where unless God provides, I can't get through that. Sometimes that provision is something in my heart. It's just having the fortitude to keep on fighting and keep on going. Sometimes it's something physical. It's like... Um, but it depends what you need in that situation. How am I doing time? Okay, I forgot to start my timer. Right. <laughs> right, okay. So, and it, God doesn't want you to get all fixated on where's the money going to come from? Where's my job going to come from? 
where's this, what's the solution to this situation if you're in a difficult situation? He wants you to get your focus off the problem, which is so easy to do. We're human. We live on earth, and, it, and we do serve an invisible God. It's tough sometimes. Um, sometimes you pray and it feels like you're talking to the brick wall, but he is there. He wants you to stop looking at the problems and focus on him. Sometimes that's easy, sometimes that's difficult, but that's what you've got to do. Okay? Um, so it says in Psalm 34, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. God always provides. He doesn't always give me what I want. I still haven't got my Lamborghini. I've just got a normal car. I haven't got millions of pounds. haven't got a mansion or whatever I'd like to have. You know what I'm saying. Right. And also, as Hope Church becomes a charity, which hopefully we're going to do by the end of the year, I'm going to be the treasurer... Um, so I've got to be wise handling the money and resources that God has given us as a church. Uh, so as part of my treasure responsibility is I've got to try and help you be responsible with what you've got because I want to spread that around. It's not just that there's more to being a treasurer than just our little pot of money and your tithes coming in. I want to spread that around. I want everyone to be like really on top of their finances um, um, because... In the Gospels, the thing that Jesus talked about the very most was money. It wasn't heaven, it wasn't hell, it wasn't sin. Um, it was money. The Gospels are full of parables about money, which is about the kingdom, and just him talking about money, what to do with it, what not to do with it. So, that, Because that is so important, because it is so easy to either be, let money become our God. I know people who are really rich, but they've got to sacrifice everything to get more money. And they sacrifice their families, they sacrifice their children on money. It's only money, and they get more and more stuff. We live in such a materialistic society, it's interested in what you have rather than who you are. It's so shallow sometimes, so don't get, fall into that trap. And in your heart, if you can get your... I know we don't all have much money, some of us have more than others, but you're, I'm talking about resources and money, but obviously money is like the real crux of it all. If you can get your money in the right place in your life to serve you, to serve God's kingdom, to serve your church, uh, your, serve your family, or whatever is the wise, godly thing to do with your money, it's a good servant money, but it's a terrible master. You don't want to have money dictate to you. It, it will abuse you. It's a terrible place to be in. It's, um, I'll give you an example. I used to work with a guy who was on about £50,000, and... Good money, he had overtime so he could top it up with extra money if he wanted to. But he had a £35,000 credit card debt. Flipping heck. And imagine the stress that he was under. And just 35 I don't know what the interest is on that. That's an awful lot of interest each year. You've just got to pay before you actually start paying off what you, what you owe. He and his wife and his family must have been under so much stress because he hadn't been a good steward of your money. You've got to be a good steward of your money. If not... It will, uh, it will do you bad. It will give you a real rough ride. It will stress you out. Um, so either you get the money under control or it can control you. And, but when you can need, So you need to keep on um, doing things like budgeting, um, keep an eye on your finances, 
they always say the richest people in the world know exactly how rich they are. And what I mean by that is these mega-rich billionaires, they're always keeping an eye on their finances. I'm not saying we should seek to be billionaires because they probably made money their God rather than Jesus. But you've, they've kept control of their finances and they're always keeping control of their finances so they always know how much they've got. Um, and, and if this is being a real problem to you, I recommend you do a CAP course. There's a lady called Ruth Wiseman who has visited us a few times. She and her husband do a CAP course. It's a Christian course based on Christian principles. It will teach you how to budget your money, how to be a good steward of it. I'd heartily recommend that. If you want to ask me about that later on, I'll I'll, I'll signpost you to her. Um, Because there's the way the world has a view of money. Some of the guys I work with, you say, how are you doing, mate? And they say, I'm living the dream because they've got a good job with good money over time and they've got enough money to buy all the crazy things this world wants whether it's really expensive holidays or whatever there's nothing wrong I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going on holiday but it's some things some, some of the stuff people buy with their money flipping it there's people starving in this world and they're spending 10 20,000 pounds on a kitchen when they've already got a kitchen nothing wrong they've already got they just want a flasher one do, 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 do you see what I'm saying um, and it, it's about being a good steward of your stuff. God doesn't mind you enjoying what you've got. He gives you good stuff, money, resources, um, relationships and all of that for you to enjoy and glorify him with. Not for it to be your master, not for you to be foolish with it and just blow it on stupid stuff. Right. And, it, and it's like the prevailing culture in this country... You've got to have more, you've got to have more. I love watching Grand Designs. It's a... It's a sometimes beautiful, sometimes really crazy program on people who um, they want to have an amazing house and these people, they'll sacrifice two or three years of their life and a mortgage for the next 25 years of their life like a, hundred, uh, uh, like a half a million pound mortgage or a million pound mortgage to have an amazing house and usually they start off with a house that's alright and knock it down what are they doing, what are they doing God doesn't mind you having a nice house sorry, but he wants things to be under control he wants you to be godly and wise with your money Um, and it says in Luke give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap so God wants you to be generous with your resources whether it's baking a cake thanks for all the lovely cakes we got today what an example what an illustration whether it's serving people serving in the church, tithing, whatever it is, God wants you to be generous with that and he will then bless you back. There's no exact... Some people, if you heard the prosperity gospel, they, they, some people unfortunately have reduced the promises in the Bible about if you're generous with God, with your money, he will bless you back. They've reduced that to like a mathematical formula where if you tithe a certain amount, say £100, you will get £1,000 back. God is not a formula. And they've reduced God to a slot machine where you put your tithe in, you get loads more out. God's not like that. It's a relationship. He's your daddy. Um, it's one, an integral part of the whole part of you being a Christian, of the whole part of your relationship with God and relationship with the people around him. He does want you to be generous with what you give, but you can't always have a direct link between what you give and what God blesses you back with. Um, I'll give you an example. When I was at university, in my last year, I how am I doing for time? Okay, good. Right. In my last year, I knew God wanted me to tithe. It says that Jesus said about tithes and offerings. 
and he didn't actually instruct us to give tithes and offerings, he just assumed he would. So it must be something that Jesus wanted you to do. Um, and this last year, I knew there was something like I needed something like £4,000 to get me through the year, accommodation, food, stuff. And I knew that I had something like, say, £3,000. So if I then tithed 10%, I'd then have £2,700. So there was a shortfall. But I knew God wanted me to do it. So I knew if, if I did that, honouring God, he would sort the, the shortfall out. And in this instance, obviously, um, I got to the end of the year at university and I, I did, wasn't in debt. I didn't have to get a student loan. And I didn't have an overdraft, no debt. And God got me through that. I think he got me through that. Sometimes my dad would send me a cheque, but it, it was always when I was just about to run out of money. And I only once had to ask him for a cheque. All the rest of the time, it just came. So God, my, my dad isn't really a Christian. Um, he's not very in contact with God, but God was giving him the nudge just when I needed it. So in this case, you can see the direct link. I tithed and honoured God with my money. He honoured me back. But often you can't see... The link. For example, uh, my old church in Gravesend, there's a wonderful guy called Dave Webster and his wife Carol. They were going to Stonely Bible Camp one year and they'd set aside some money to put in the offering at the end of the week because they'd always do an offering for missions and they set aside another lot of money because the, the next week they were going on a camping holiday with three teenage sons. And imagine when you're camping, it can rain. And on the days it rains, they were, put, they were putting money aside for doing stuff that would cost money when they couldn't do the outdoor stuff they wanted to do. So both Carol and Dave were in separate meetings at Stonely and God said to both of them, I want to, you to double the money you're putting in the offering, which was all their spending money for the whole holiday. All of this set-aside money. And they both knew God wanted us to do, them to do it. They both came back together and, oh, God's just told me to do this. Oh, he's told me to do that as well. But they knew God wanted to do them and he'd honour it. So they put all of that extra money into the offering and what do you reckon happened? Any ideas? Sorry? No, you're supposed to say God gave them the money back. <laughs> well done. is very, what, a lot wiser than me. I would say, well, God gave them the money they needed. No, he didn't. No, he just gave them the beautiful weather. So they he did. The money. They had the most perfect weather all week. And they're, they're the sort of people who like to go windsurfing and that. So, thanks, Mawena. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She is part of Yeah, yeah. See, she's got a godly mentality. Well done, Mawena. So, God, you can't buy weather. I don't suppose God changed the weather over the whole planet just so they could have a wonderful holiday. But he, somehow he'd arranged that they would have the good weather to enjoy the holiday with their family, relax after the Bible camp, because that had been quite difficult for them. So you can't always make that link between your generosity towards God and him blessing you back. But you just know, as a loving Heavenly Father, if you're obedient to him, that's showing love to him. He loves it. God loves it. God loves a cheerful giver. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He has got the resources to bless you with what you need. Whether it's going to Norway, yeah, um, whatever it is you need. Um, I've seen it time and time again in my life, in my friends' lives, Christians' lives, where as long as they've been trying to live a good godly life with a good relationship with Jesus and honour him with their money and resources, he always honours them back in all sorts of unexpected, surprising ways. And when you get those blessings, when you recognise God at work in a situation, you understand a bit more about God. You, you, you get to know your daddy better. So, I'm just going to have a quick recap. Is it? Yep, okay. So, 
God is a wonderful, loving, heavenly Father. Don't lose sight of that. That's what this is really about. This isn't about your money. This isn't about resources and giving. This is about God being a wonderful Father. And he wants a wonderful relationship with you. Part of your relationship to your dad, your loving heavenly Father, is how you handle your money and resources. Do it in a godly way, because he's given you these things as a blessing to you and for you to spread it around as a blessing for other people. And he provides everything you need. Whatever you need, he'll provide it. Often in ways you wouldn't have thought of. I'm not imaginative. I'm not clever like Mwena. I'm not creative like that. He always provides it in unexpected ways. And he wants you to learn to be a good steward of it. He wants to develop your trust in him through, through all of this. And one thing I've got to mention is being grateful and content with what you've got. That friend of mine who had the £35,000 credit card bill, he wasn't learning to be content with what he had. He wasn't a Christian, so he probably didn't have good teaching or whatever he needed. Um, so learn to be content with what you've got. There is an occasional time where you need the wisdom to know, no, that isn't right, I need to fight for something. But you need the wisdom to know what you should be content with and what you shouldn't be. I can't tell you what that is. And he wants you to be grateful, be content. Paul said, I've learned to be content with either little or with much. He wants you to honour him with all your life. And another thing I forgot to mention, store up treasures in heaven. When you honour God on this earth, he honours you back, but also you're putting stuff, you're, you're like doing future provision for heaven, extra riches in heaven. When we get to heaven, we won't all be equal. Some people will be will be, I don't know if they'll have more riches in heaven, a better crown, I'm not quite sure how that works, but God says store up treasures in heaven. So you can have more treasure in heaven than you would have otherwise if you didn't honour him. Okay, does that, first of all, does that make sense? Have you got any questions? Good, no one's gone to sleep? Oh, thanks. (laughs) Right, okay. So, has anyone got any testimonies of God's provision when they've honoured God, which is like really on their heart to say. Oh, well. No? Yeah, okay. Well, you don't, don't have to, just to, only if you've got, got one. Um, when I first became a Christian. Hold on, let me. Um, let me just. When I first became a Christian, I, I mean, I was single at the time, and um, I, I read in God's Word about. Um, tithing and test me it says test me in this so um because of that test me in this I thought right okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go for this tithing I was a single parent at the time so it was a um but yeah I did it and God blessed me so much that I I somehow didn't reckon I didn't see the money as missing I can't explain it in in very good words but somehow I didn't miss the money, right. and yet it was quite yeah. a bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I even managed to get a, a, a new car, a brand new car, which I paid for monthly, but I, I wouldn't have thought I'd been able to have done that. But. So was that being frivolous, or did you need a new car? I can't remember. It was quite... <laughs> I, I, I remember you telling me about this, and your old car was, was knackered. I remember yeah, I'm using that. Yeah, it was yeah. knackered, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I remember now. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry. Another thing I forgot to mention, and it was in my notes, is if you right, if you you're trying to live a godly life, and and we're not perfect. If if we're trying, if you're trying to live a godly life, you're under his banner, you're under his protection, 
and there's a limit to how the devil can get you. If you're stepping away from Jesus and not living a godly life, the devil is going to target you. Um, he, he wants to steal your life away from you, whether it's your money, whatever it is in your life. The devil wants to steal away from you, so keep close to Jesus and keep under his protection and then you'll enjoy his blessings and the devil won't be able to steal away from you. Okay, right. So, let's have a response to that. Um, it, got, no, oh. A similar story to Theresa in the sense that Chris wanted a new car because hers was getting old. She wanted a new one, didn't need a new one, but wanted one. And then, obviously, she was involved in a crash. Somebody hit her, but she was fine. You know, she's no ill health or anything as a result of it. And the only the thing that she did get out of it was a brand new car. Right, right. So just, yeah, it's... Sometimes it's not always... It's not always that direct. Yeah. Trust me on this one, because I'd love a new car. Uh, um, but, yeah, it's... So sometimes God doesn't just give you what you need. He gives you over yeah. and above that. He gives you good things. Because, like... The, the, the dad and child analogy is so good. You love to give your kids good things, don't you? Like, you don't give Lydia three ice creams, do you? But at the right time, one ice cream is really nice to have, isn't it? Yeah? Or half, <laughs> half an ice cream. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So, if you could get on your tables, um, and if there's anything you want to pray for each other about God's provision, please do so.